welcome to the Cross Conference Cast. I am Joan Stewart. And I am Ruth Moore. That was really quiet, Ruth. Oh, I'm sorry. You should feel proud about who you I are. I am Ruth Moore. Pride. And you will feel my wrath. You don't have any wrath. <laughs> you don't have any. Um, no, you do. Um, so many things have happened since last we spoke. Um, yes, which was weeks June? and weeks ago. Was it the, a whole month? I feel no. I feel like we released an episode in July. No, we did. We did. We did. Ah, oh, it's been such a long time. It has been a long time <laughs> because so many things have happened. I uh, got a skin infection. And then the skin infection was cured. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just, just be careful when you're doing activities, uh, folks that are barefoot and martial arts, and you have open wounds. Just be careful about that, Ooh. kids out there listening. Um, I took care of it really quickly. It was, it was, it was scary for like a full evening when I was like, "Oh, should I know what this is? I have to go to the clinic." Was it a um, flesh-eating virus? No, it was just a, like, a, it's a staph infection. Um, is that a flood? No, it's not. That's bacteria. Um, it is, because I took an antibiotic, and it cleared up in, like, two days. Um, but I couldn't go out in the sun for 10, because it was 10 days of antibiotics. Oh. Um, isn't this fun? Or don't we have fun? <laughs> <laughs> How many Portland games did you miss for that? Um, none. None. Uh for that, because I, I missed games because I was in Chicago um, while they were playing Chicago, in which Chicago pasted them. Didn't they? No, it wasn't pasting. I'm sorry. It was a draw. In my mind, it was a pasting because it seemed like really humiliating reading for them, reading back on it on Twitter. Like, you have a three to one lead, and then you, okay, <laughs> you do what you want, Portland, Thorns. It's just the, it's just the thorns well, and the players the haters, and the coach. They do, yeah. <laughs> um, they just do what they do what they want. Um, but we'll we'll get to that in a bit. What, what's been going on with you? Um, I have been working on the college preview for Our Game Magazine. Yeah, yeah. I'm it, actually this is the first one that I've pretty much completely led. So it's been kind of stressful. Like, there was a week there that I couldn't sleep through the night, and I'd just wake up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and work on the magazine. (laughs) Not that you can get much done at 2 in the morning when, you know, even the West Coast has kind of gone to bed by then. Yeah. You've been working a lot. I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a good one. We got articles in it by various alumni. You have words. You have pictures. Oh, yes, we have pictures. What more could you possibly need? Uh, <laughs> and I designed the cover. I actually, Yay. I designed two different covers. Well, two and a half different covers and decided that I hated the first two, uh, first one and a half. And then yesterday whipped up the second one. It was like, oh, I love this. This looks amazing. Let's do this. Exciting. Yeah. Um, and, but there's one thing that we kind of did that we both did that, uh, not at the same time together, but in tandem, let's say. We both watched Orange is the New Black. Oh, and, yes, um, we did. I decided we had to talk about it for a little bit. This is this is very last minute that I sprung this on Ruth, kind of. Um, and we're going to take six minutes exactly, starting now, to talk about Orange is the New Black. We're limiting it, listeners. Um, Ruth, how did you feel about Orange is the New Black? I felt Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> you like her? <laughs> I am a Trekkie from way back. I was raised a Trekkie. Um, and so having um, Catherine Janeway play a uh, Eastern Bloc um, prison mama, just, uh, yeah, that that is actually why I started watching the show. Because usually I resist these trends on Tumblr for a very long time until I absolutely can't anymore. But I saw Kate Mulgrew was in it, and I had to watch it. That was that was it. See, I have like because I never watched that show, and but I did like a month or two ago listen to the Jerry Ryan episode of Aisha Tyler's podcast, and it <laughs> like she didn't name names, but it was very clear that um, Kate Mulgrew was pretty cruel to her on the set of Star Trek Voyager. So I was like, Ooh, mm. you'll have to link me to that. Yeah, it's it's worth listening to. Like I I I didn't really 
know anything about Jerry Ryan's career, but when she like got into that story, I was like, holy moly, how did you survive for however many years like that that was? I mean, that's, that's professionalism there. Um, (laughs) I, okay. I know that I always do this like reaction to other people's reactions thing, but when I watched it and then I saw people's sort of reaction on the internet, how much they loved it, they thought it was hilarious and wonderful. And in parts it is. But my main reaction to to the show, at, at least like at, certainly at the beginning, was this is terrifying. Like this is so scary to me. Like not like like a uh, scary movie sort of scary. Like just I would not do well in prison. It's kind of it's kind of harrowing. Like and and according to some friends, like that's it, it's kind of a pretty realistic depiction of kind of what happens when you go to prison. Not obviously not, you know a documentary or anything, but it's, it's fairly realistic to a, a, a general kind of experience. It's not over romanticizing or right. overly exaggerating for the sake of reaction. Right. And it's just kind of scary for me. And also because some of those women in that situation, like those could be friends. Those could be relatives. I know people in that situation who just, they just happen not to be caught. That, I mean, in some ways, that could be me. And, like, I would not do well in prison. It's kind of scary to see everybody kind of being, like, shipper about things. And, like, this is, no, this is not, this is not, like, for you to delight over. That's kind of, like, people's real lives. It's scary. Um, yeah. I I, well, the other reaction that I've seen that um, that I just, I don't really know how I feel about it yet is... Um, you know, it's it's based on on a book, I guess, a book account of someone's real life experience, mm-hmm. and um, and she goes on to to marry the the fiance on the outside, um, but it's like really <laughs> like well, it's very fictional. They they changed a lot because apparently he, the real life guy is far different from the Larry who's played by Jason Biggs. Um, and I have to say, like, I guess this will kind of be spoilers. So skip ahead two and a half minutes <laughs> that we have left. Um, is that there's, you know, there's the part where she cheats on him. Um, and he has a legitimate concern about that, but this, sh- and I think the show kind of tries to make that okay. But the problem is Larry's played by Jason Biggs. And like, I like he has genuine emotions, uh, or at least he should. But I don't care about them because they're all on Jason Biggs's face. <laughs> like, and I, I, I mean, hate- I I understand that he has emotionally valid reasons to pull some of the crap he does, but at the same time, it's like. Uh. No, he's he's kind of awful. He's kind of terrible. Okay, Wh- okay. Which, so it's not just me being No, gay. no, no. He's he's <laughs> terrible, but I think that's kind of cheap because it sort of, like, justifies her cheating. And in prison, it's kind of weird. But um, what, I, what I don't like is the kind of, like, lesbian movie trope of a woman who is committed already to somebody who's, like, then is going to be gay and cheat. And I just, like, because I always feel for the guy. Like, that. no, that sucks for him. I, and most of the time they have to sort of make the guy an asshole to, to justify that. And in some cases they don't. Like uh, To be fair, she was gay before she was with him. That's true. That's true. But, I th- yeah, I, I don't care for his face in terms of, like, showing his, his you know, he, he is going through you know a problem there <laughs> he has problems everyone has problems i uh, i just think it would have been easier to sympathize with him had he been somebody else <laughs> um anyway great show right oh yeah good. yeah i i highly recommend it the writing is really good yes solid writing it is funny in some places though i have to agree with jesse thorne from jordan jesse go that they don't really have jokes and that is our timer. Sorry. It's the TARDIS. Um, well, I recommend that if you want to support women in film, and I don't just mean films about women, but women that actually work in film and TV, 
you should watch this and tell your friends to watch this. Yes, it's it's good. It's a I mean, it's definitely worth watching. Um and damn them for putting them all at the same time, all episodes. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. Although, it's the worst. I think Orange is the New Black handled it better than Arrested Development. Just going to say. Um, I don't remember exactly how I felt about Arrested Development, other than incredibly grateful that we got new episodes. <laughs> um, I th- I but thought it wasn't it was stirring like- enough that we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we were podcasting and, it. No, that's right. Cause I had just moved into to Portland when that happened, into my lovely apartment. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're done with talking about Orange is the New Black. Thank you for rejoining us, people who skipped ahead. Um, let's get into uh, some soccer talk, huh? Eh, eh, eh. Oh, um, yeah, soccer. Yeah. Did we see some soccer? Uh, I did. A little bit. Um, there was there were quite a few games, but rather than talking about each and every one, including the ones that we really didn't see and kind of don't care about, um, we're just going to focus on a couple. Right. Um, we're not going to report any false scores to you this time. Yeah. <laughs> God willing. Knock on False school scores. <laughs> because you can look online for those things. Uh, we want to talk about the positive things, the newsworthy worthy things, the sad things. Kind of in the, that order, really, looking at the order that I've set out for us here. Um, first, uh, Chicago had a sellout home game against the Seattle Rain uh, last weekend on Saturday, the day I left Chicago, actually. A 3-1 win <laughs> against Seattle. Um, finally sell, sold out, first time, I think, in franchise history. Great for them, because yep. uh, all the way in Naperville for, I think, how many thousand people? 4,000-ish? Um, 3,000. That's like a good number. No, um, I think we should go with 4,000. That's, that's a lot, I, I think, in my opinion, <laughs> um, to go all the way out to Naperville. I keep saying that, Naperville. Um, home of Brittany Buck and, and my friend. Juan, I think. And a coworker. I have a coworker who has two cats. His name is <laughs> Jonas. Anyway, uh, that's, that's impressive. I mean, and it's Seattle, so a lot of people. If they're not really paying attention, which it seems like most people don't tend to pay that much attention, wouldn't know that Seattle's actually doing pretty good right now and is probably one of the more interesting teams to watch. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they are out of the playoff contention. Already? I yes. thought they, they had a vague, tiny little hope. They did, they, but I think someone squashed it. And a regular hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> squashed it and scraped it off their shoe and threw it under a bus. Um... That's okay. I mean, you, they they certainly have they they're not in the playoffs, but their problems are now less panicky and more manageable. Seattle's problems. Um, Chicago, great for them. Great for great for that franchise. Great for that team. Hopefully, they can build on that next season, and hopefully, not be in Naperville. <laughs> um, uh, I keep picking on that i'm sorry they had to go where they had to go moving on uh boston having some struggles have sacked their coach lisa cole and now uh katherine whitehill is now the player coach that's Uh, like the most confusing thing ever both parts of that sentence what do you what do you mean by that like boston is still in the running for the playoffs they usually scrape in there what is the impetus to fire Cole or diplomatically part ways with? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like, was, was she really the problem that their problems always seemed really undefinable. <laughs> um, um, so maybe, maybe they found that definition and that definition was the coach, but, um, I don't know. If if Cat Catherine is is pregnant, this story got nine million times better um, <laughs> uh, because it will parallel the first season of the WPS. If Boston goes on to win it all, which Boston can't do, no, that's true. That's just that's, anti-Boston. <laughs> that's not something that they're doing. Um, <laughs> it happened really abruptly and apparently for no reason at all. <laughs> they. 
everybody has their reasons. Everyone yes. has their reasons. I'm sure there are reasons somewhere. Um, I just... Have yeah, them. there are reasons why some of these teams' websites are so terrible. Uh, Boston's not excluded from that because... Um, fix some things, Boston. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if there's, they're going to make that leap into uh, into the playoffs. It depends, I guess. Uh, moving on to the Washington Spirit, a team out of the playoffs, definitely. That kind of was decided at the beginning of July, no, um, if not earlier. Um, <laughs> Preseason. They, they have a lot to... They have a lot of work to do in the off season. <laughs> Let's say that, um, and they can't catch a break because apparently um, Ali Krieger still has concussion symptoms from her knock several weeks ago um, against the rain when they had that televised game. Um, uh, and in my opinion, if she still has just the teeniest inkling of it, sit her for the rest of the season. Uh, get her healthy the way. That, you, that they did with Lori Kolopny when she couldn't, like, walk upstairs for a month or whatever. Because um, that's not something to fuck around with. Yep. Can lead to depression and suicide later on in life. Yeah. Um, poor decisions thing- <laughs> early on in life. <laughs> um, the last thing you need is a national team player. Um. And just she just seems like a nice person, you know, um, and is a, and is a very good player. Uh, so wishing the best for her. I think, I just think I know they can't spare a lot of players, but if if that's really what it is, like don't mess around with that. Like sit her for the rest of the season um, because and sit her out of some of those national team things. Like yeah, they'll stop, you can't they can. rush this like an ACL tear. No. Uh, yeah, this is, it's serious business. Um, and if they're going to listen to anybody, it's two girls on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so serious though, that there aren't even any prayer circles for it yet. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, moving on, I went to the Thorns, uh, last home game. (laughs) <laughs> against uh, FC Kansas City. Um, How was that? Uh, that was a very big crowd. <laughs> Tell us That's about the crowd like. because it was that you know that, there were seventeen thousand people there. Amazing crowd. I actually sat I sat really far back because I, I bought a ticket kind of late and before just before they stopped selling them. The Thorns is just, like, you kind of get spoiled because you're not surrounded by, you're not always surrounded by, like, little kids club teams. <laughs> I mean, you are surrounded by, like, families. There was a child coughing on the back of my neck a couple times during the game. It seems uh, to happen a lot for you. Yeah. Well, um, but, like, it's a crowd of people supporting that that team. And, like, people are really interested in soccer. And we get, we'll talk about this later when we talk about attendance. Um, and there was that TIFO, that huge uh, banner that said, you know, we are, are, you are our heroes, you know, we, something like that. Yeah, you are super, you are heroes. And all the players were drawn as superheroes, all of them. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and I, I think how touching that must be for those players too. And it's I, gotta I, be like the first tifo in women's soccer history in this country for a professional team. The yeah, the obviously pilots discounting. Get, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the pilot the pilots get a tifo. The crowd was great. The crowd was great. Uh, it was hot. It was a hot day, hot hot day. But the game uh, end of. And the result was FC Kansas City winning three to two against the Thorns. I, I said it in the last show, FC Kansas City, they're the skeleton key of the league. They, they can figure out any team. And I said it on Twitter. They play the highest level of football. Did you watch the game on TV? You did? Um, or no? I, there was something else going on. And so I only clicked over briefly to see... Well. I can never tell how TV coverage is because people really only talk about like what's going on on the coverage if they're complaining. They're the feed gonna... wasn't very good. 
Um, I wrote, would have rather watched Portland online at home. Um, it was a really grainy feed, uh, but I don't have HD, so maybe it was better for people with HD. That's really no excuse, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the FC Kansas City is great. Oh my gosh, Lauren Holiday, Cheney, like th- I have no problems with people messing up either name. She has lived as Cheney for what five years now, half a decade. Uh, in terms of the sporting consciousness, um, I, I just get it, give everybody time to adjust. Um, amazing, just just so good, so clinical. Um, and the thorns <laughs> gave her a big favor by just kind of leaving her alone in some uh, for for some uh, small periods, enough for her to score twice. Uh, there was there was a lot of uh, dribbling going on from some of the thorns players, just long acres that they thought they could get away with. Um, we can name names. We can name names. Tobin Heath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Allie Long. Uh, and some, some some moments I was like, oh, look at you, Allie Long, doing your job. Uh, <laughs> and that and, and that was okay. And then some points were like, nope. Mm-mm. They, the midfield just does not have it together in terms of def- defense. Um or putting really any kind of significant pressure. You know, when there was a turnover in the FC Kansas City half, it was like, it was almost, you know, like a fluke and, and Thorns couldn't really do anything with it. Um, Shim, Mana Shim worked her butt off though. Uh, she she works hard. Yeah. Like she always does. Works hard the entire game. Can't, cannot be said, um, about, uh, many other players, and uh, Danny Foxhoven had some ch- choice. Co- Danny Foxhoven scored. She scored uh, when uh, oh she equalized. So it was one one. That's right. I'm trying to remember. It's hot today, friends. <laughs> um, and she had some quotes about how um, the most most of the team was really going after it in the last few minutes. Um, they had a chance to tie it up. They had a chance. They, they had plenty of chances to win. Goodness gracious, like 18 shots, um, a zillion corner kicks, all wasted. Thanks. But there's 17,000 people came out to watch you and you metaphorically can't get it up. Like, <laughs> um, sorry. They raised a TIFO for you. They, they got that TIFO up for you. Um, they made it for crying out loud. Um, and I mean, I saw it too on the field. I was like, what, you know, you've got waning minutes. You don't know how much extra time you're going to get. They ended up getting five minutes, which people thought was a little excessive. I thought it was on the high side of acceptable considering there were four goals in the second half, uh, all six substitutions. Um, and, uh, Timurak, uh, uh, had a bloody nose that took up a minute or so. Um, so I, th- I, I didn't think it was entirely suspect. It's, that was just on the high side of, you know, it could have been anywhere from three to five in my opinion. But, um, yeah, when there was, there were some substitutions and one particular player who did nothing like the best thing she did was fall on somebody else. Uh, <laughs> well, I won't name names in this case. It was, it was kind of disappointing from like, you know, when you when you look at I'm I won't even say I, I even told this to listener Seth I, I I can't support this team enough to sit in the sun I, I chose a shady <laughs> I chose a shady seat you know that was cheaper because I I don't love this team <laughs> no uh, I will sit in the sun for the pilots I will sit in the rain for the pilots regular rain 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 um, wet. <laughs> um, but I'm not really like a thorn supporter. I like I like Portland. I like going to the games. I like the organization in terms of the the experience that they can give you. Um, it's fun. I think I think the the fans are great. Um, if I was a fan, it would just be you know awful to watch that and like see some people really give it all. Um, let's be clear, Danny Danny Foxhoven didn't have her greatest game. I think her touch was pretty heavy. 
uh, overhitting a lot of balls um, in some cases. But she 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 did work, and you you could see like she was very passionate. Rachel Bueller as well, very very passionate in that that game. Um, worked very hard. Um, but Danny Foxhoven to, to kind of publicly say during the press conference that you know there's a divide of the team who are between you know people who are really really putting it all out there and I guess folks who are not it's uh I I mean I think uh, yeah on Equalizer there's the whole video of her talk it's it's heartbreaking because I am a Danny Foxhoven fan let's be clear she's a you know she's she's a great player to watch she wants to have fun she wants to work really hard she wants to play for her city and you have to love that about a player and any amount of minutes too that doesn't seem to bother her if she doesn't get as many minutes as, you know, as we might think she deserves. Right. She started. She started the game. She's been starting the, the last couple games. Um, and she, you know, she was coming off the bench at the beginning of the season. Never, never complained. Always takes full advantage of whatever opportunities um, she can get. Uh, so, and the, the remarks were kind of um, sort of saying what people are maybe could have kind of observe but maybe don't like don't find it worth saying (laughs) i don't know um she did draw some comparisons to what ashlyn harris said that i guess resulted in their head coach being fired over in washington um i think the circumstances are a little bit different probably the intention behind each state that the statements were the same i don't know did you watch the video of danny foxhoven um, I haven't. Oh. Ruth, why have I been talking? Because for the last I don't want to cry. <laughs> you don't want to cry. <laughs> like poor Danny. No, I I'm kind of keeping some distance from NWSL right now um, because I have to wrap up this issue of the magazine and launch right into the next one. They overlap um, by about a week or two, so I'm trying not to be so terribly upset and angry about things. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it, even without having seen the statements from either player, um, it's really interesting that, uh, someone who is, who's not on the national team is risking her career this way. Um, because politics can kill you in women's soccer. You can be amazing on the pitch, um, but you won't see the pitch if you're not playing the politics. Oh, totally. Totally. Definitely agreed. Yeah. And she, I mean, she, she might have a little bit of protection being as beloved as she is by Portland. Uh, yeah, she is not a national team player. She, she doesn't have that kind of cushion about her. Um, hopefully, I don't, I don't know what it could, could catalyze for Portland because they, uh, coach Cohn makes strange decisions. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think it'll make a difference this season. Yeah. But I think possibly could next season. Um mm-hmm. whether that whether it's a change that happens with the Thorns or if it's a change that happens for Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um and that's the thing, like with uh with with a Portland team pe- other people like out in who are I guess supporters of other teams, but mostly just enjoy hating on Portland. Um, see it as the the league's goal to make Portland win uh, the the league uh, and win the championship. I I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it would obviously be in their favor to have some home games at uh, Geld Wen, um, and I think and I don't know that the expectations were from Portland fans that the Thorns would win uh, the league. But I think Portland fans expect a certain kind of play from their teams um, and certainly not lackadaisical, um, lazy play couched as uh, uh, cleverness and tricks. Um, and they the appre- future of the women's they, they appreciate skill. Oh, absolutely they appreciate skill. But if, like, there's no heart behind that, like, they will want you gone. Um, (laughs) But it's not always, you know, they don't always get what they want. (laughs) 
contrary. You don't always get what they need either. <laughs> you don't always get. Oh, anyway, um, let's move on. That's enough about that. Let's move on to uh, this that news, is? huh? Oh. oh, oh, I see. Never mind. The the sorry. Go ahead. Uh, moving. Just just a quick note of, uh, that there was reports that Red Bull New York is in possible talks with Sky Blue FC um, to maybe talk about ownership of that of Sky Blue. Um, I think that's partial. kind of extent partial ownership. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's kind of exciting. It would be great to have another MLS backed Newsol team. Uh, I don't know what would be in it for Red Bull. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have no idea what would be in it for Red Bull. Um, well, no, I mean, just, just in their talks in general. I mean, it would be obviously wonderful for Sky Blue FC to play in a more accessible stadium to maybe get some more identity with the the Red Bull New York fans, though I've never met one. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about that. I just don't go up to New York that often. Um Ever really, <laughs> just twice. Um, it, I feel like this doesn't to get really of- speak to Sky Blue's target fan base. Who is that? Like I asked on Twitter, like who do they identify with, and who identifies with them? Like who is families? Families. I mean, they're they're kind of like Washington in that they go after the family club type group. Um, um, but where do those families live? Where are they from? Like. What's the character of a Sky Blue FC like supporter? You know, I, I don't. I there isn't really much character. <laughs> just, um, they're just they're just kind of families, I guess. I I don't I know because because that's who can access the stadium. I think. Um, yeah, people with minivans. <laughs> um, uh, I had a minivan. I can't talk. <laughs> uh, well, I mean that that would obviously be really positive for sky blue fc um make it easier to see that team hopefully find some uh identity though i yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't i would i struggle to to find what would be in it for red bull new york i mean do they do they see the same opportunity that the the timbers and the thorns have i i mean it's 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 a different situation but I think I, everything about New Jersey is baffling. Just <laughs> the whole concept of New Jersey is baffling. Aww. Um, anyway, uh, shifting gears a little bit over to uh, attendance. Um, I think I, I kind of was talking about this on Twitter a little bit about um, how when you when people talk about attendance in. Uh, in Newsome, they do those reports. They report like the average attendance and total, and they eliminate Portland for you know, you know, as kind of a, like a sidebar. Like after that, like okay, this is what it looks like when when Portland is not in consideration. And they're not doing it to show off Portland. Um, they're just doing it because, in a way, Portland is its own. Rea- it, it's not in reality. Portland's like Texas, except better. <laughs> it, it's not part of it's not part of reality for what anybody else has. Um, they have uh, it's it's no other city has that the kind of history that that Portland has is, with soccer, and particularly with women's soccer. You really have to sell, sell, sell women's soccer and the other markets with Portland, you just have a bunch of eager buyers really. Um, I, I even, and I remember there being questions when the WPS came out, like why doesn't Portland have a team and people were like, well, are people are really going to shift their support from the pilots to, uh, you know, uh, a women's team that's professional. That's not, you know, necessarily not associated with the university of Portland. Um, and I guess 17,000 people, have decided that they will considering <laughs> that most of the pilots in the league are not with Portland. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, when you look at like the, let's, let's sort our, I, I made a little spreadsheet before these last couple games. Um, oops. It's not a very that. shiny, um, 
spreadsheet, so no one has to worry about not seeing it at this exact moment. Yeah. But it gets the job done. Yeah. Um, no, what am I doing? not entirely sure. Do you want to lock that row? Here, let me lock there it. There we go. Oh, yeah, lock it. <laughs> I forgot. Like, I haven't used Excel in an H, really. Um, so, obviously, Portland has the highest attendance, but let's not, you know... Um, uh, the next highest average attendance is Kansas City, which is good. Um, four and a half thousand um, is is pretty good with seventy five percent capacity, which is um, positive if they end up hosting and, and winning the championship. Um, behind them, Western New York with uh, a little under four thousand average, um, and uh, and DC about the same little three and a half thousand Boston kind of limited by their stadium, um, 2,300 Seattle holding around 2000 average, um, but with 60% capacity, they could, they could bump that up and they have all their stars now. Um, good for them. Sky blue FC, uh, 1,600. Um, and, and a weird stadium that can actually look kind of like just that those stands can kind of look fullish at that attendance really it's they have a weird yeah (laughs) in chicago sitting at the bottom even though they did have a sellout so i mean good for them they have a lot going against them they have a really large uh metro population um but the stadium is so far away i was working on a theory that maybe like it's harder to attract women's soccer fans in a city with the have like fewer and no i'm sorry a larger metro population but there's not really a a correlation there um i don't know how do you feel do you have any thoughts on attendance should i just delete this whole part no no i mean it's just like it's in the conversation recently i think um having the capacity percentages there is really interesting um because i mean it, because it's not often presented in that way that you see the capacity of the average. Um, like Western New York, I had no idea that their stadium was actually that big. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think, have they so I feel like they've sold out at least once. They, yeah, and they don't, they don't have the largest, I think they have the smallest metro population to draw from. So, I mean, they're the, they're the ones that you would see marketing towards families. Western New York has the smallest. Yes. Yeah. Um, what is, what is this distance to stadium column? I, I was just trying to bring in a lot of different factors and I'm just kind of guessing, but I don't know how far these stadiums are from maybe like the center of the city. I was just kind of guessing mm-hmm. and we can delete that. It doesn't, I mean, cause that's not, um, yeah, like getting D.C. from the center of the... <laughs> Are you going from the center of Germantown? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and D.C. United is, in theory, again, getting their own soccer-specific stadium in a different part of the city. Um, the, uh, so they'll be moving from RFK in maybe a few years. I don't know, but the U S women's national team is playing at RFK in September. Um, it's not, I guess it's a bad stadium. <laughs> I only went there a couple times, but I suppose it's a poor stadium. Uh, it's Metro accessible, which is nice. That's what's important to me. Um, uh, and I think, depending on the the kind of people that you want to that you want to be like your target market, um, that that could be important to them as well. Hmm. I don't see that being important to DC. <laughs> Just, no, you know, from having been there many times over the past however right. many years, like, right? I, DC is disassociated with. Um, I mean, Washington is disassociated with the with DC United, um, and it's just the crowd that they bring in. They seem very, very settled in their current location and their current marketing, which is not at all different from any of the past incarnations. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I like and looking at it like the kind of people that take the metro are probably not the kind of people that they're wanting to bring into a game. Which is unfortunate because DC's metro is my favorite. <laughs> I love DC's you, metro. You would feel differently if you lived there, I guess, but like I do look upon it fondly. Um Okay, well, when I'm comparing it with the New York subway, I yeah. prefer the DC Metro. And the calculus you need to understand <laughs> that subway system. Um, no, I'm sure it's understandable for the people who use it all the time, but oh, that's a big city. I don't know what, what else to say about I, this. I feel like a lot of people, when they're talking about the viability of the league and the success of the league and you know where the league stands, they like to bring out these average attendance numbers. Um, but the average attendance doesn't matter without the rest of the information. So it's, you know, people improperly using statistics. Hope Solo would be very disappointed in all of you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Because I, I was thinking, like, a lot of times, I, like, maybe, maybe t- the teams need to, like, sort of flip the way they're approaching a problem. Sometimes they look at like, and even I do look at like, Oh, how do we get like more people to come? The people who aren't coming to come, like maybe take a look at the people you do have and then like ask why they are still coming, you know, to, to your games. Um, and I think that's probably what, you know, DC has done. Uh, they, they have their family market and they're, they can get more families to come. Uh, perhaps, and that's that's fine for them at the at the soccerplex. Um, I would love it if they played at University of Maryland, though. That would there would always be a parking issue, <laughs> um, and I'm sure that's considering the surround. It's different from Germantown. We'll just say College Park slash Greenbelt is different. It's a different place. Um, anyway, I don't know. We've seen kids at at the soccerplex or not the soccerplex, um, Maryland Stadium. Stadium in quotation marks. Well, no, yeah, hollow. <laughs> it's um, I, but I, I'm sure that there's also a certain level of professionalism that the that 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 uh, field doesn't quite offer that the soccerplex kind of does. Um. Anyway, uh, let's move on from from attendance talk because I don't have any any extra special ana- analysis. Uh. About we want that. to make those numbers available to you people. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, you wanted to talk about the athlete athlete ally announcement. Why don't yeah. you read this part? Okay. Um, so th- there was, um, within the past few weeks, there have been a couple of really gay announcements. Um, and I think the, the big one, first off, was um, the, like, 16 or 18 players joined Athlete Ally, which is kind of like the gay, um, it's okay to be gay group for, for pro sports in North America. Uh, but that's really all I know about it. Like, so that's really all this announcement says to me, other than it also serves as, uh, coming out for various players. Um, not all of the players, we have to be very clear on that point. Yeah, obviously, Marianne Doherty on this athlete <laughs> LA changed her name. Probably not gay. I mean, yeah. we don't know, but but I she's mean, married to a dude. Yeah, so. all the evidence says no. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going to trust the evidence. Um, yeah, and and stick with with no. So this isn't indicative of a of a sexual orientation, um, but it's indicative that you know. If, if you're gay, you can still play. Um, and that's all well and good because I like that. Um, I mean, I like having the support of athletes and I like it to come on the heels of, um, you know, of Doma being struck down and, you know, everyone's got a lot of gay pride this summer. Um, but I also question like what this does other than raise the visibility of of, um, of the sport and raise questions about certain players. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, what does it do? Is it is there actual education involved in it? Like, 
what does it mean to be an ally and um, you know and what can you actively do to make your your locker room or your pitch a safer place to to be an out athlete or an out fan I, I don't know what this is other than signing your name to a petition um, and I'd be really curious to find out about that actually I'm probably going to look into it simply because it is a, a sort of a growing thing and more recently uh, we don't have this link included but uh, Seattle Rain as a team affiliated with Athlete Ally, which I think is kind of awesome because I believe it coming from Seattle. <laughs> um, Seattle with their their pride logo and um, pride flag and their Keelan Winters uh, <laughs> and Megan Rapino. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird because right on the heels of this me questioning um, this mass player announcement, I, I, we get the Seattle news and I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally believe that coming from Seattle. Like, I, I believe that that team is a bunch of allies. I believe that that team is actually like maybe trying to make a difference. Um, it, it's part of their marketing, and they're tackling—not tackling. Um, you know, they're openly including a group that that most other women's pro teams have just kind of hedged around and said, "Yeah, we will do a little bit here and there for you lesbians," but. Yeah, we'll Nothing send two players so to a meet and greet, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, we'll have a booth at Pride. But no, Seattle's like, hell yeah, come to our games. We got to compete with the Sounders women. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how to how to take all of it from NWSL. I wish that it was a little clearer what was going on. Other than you know, I feel like sixteen athletes are pandering to me, and this one team totally gets it. Yeah, I I don't know. I it's a, it's a larger uh organization. So I think this was just like okay, so we formally, you know, have a connection with them and players on almost every team. Uh and here's a press release. Um I yeah, I, I think that's it. Like I I don't think there's anything really deeper in there. Um I really wish there was. But I I don't know what more would be expected of them because I, I don't know what what problem they they hope to solve or by what methods um well i think i think in in youth sports um for girls there's still that i mean there's still that edge of homophobia or just like not understanding or not having role models like they kind of do but at the same time like having you know, having uh, various insight into high school teams, even um, there's like this this great discomfort and fear um, that it would be cool if you know athlete ally could actually address something like that rather than just being sign your name, go forth, have a badge. I guess so. I I don't know. I. I, it, it's better than nothing. I, I I don't really have any any sort of opinion about it. Um, like, I just oh, want to know nice. if it gets better. No, oh, <laughs> do not get me started on that. Oh my goodness, nothing could be worse. Have I have we discussed discussed this on the podcast before? I know not that we recently. Have personally. I don't know if we've discussed it on the podcast. It gets Both oh, of us have goodness. been disgusted with it. Nothing makes. Well, no, there, I mean, there are injustice and, uh, you know, obviously terrible things happening in the world that make me angrier than people that spell kittens to death. Like, <laughs> yeah. boy, is there ever the most misguided campaign, useless at best. <laughs> um, damaging at worst. Damage, like permissive, permissive of bullying at worst. Just, mm. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've discussed this with a friend who, it, all I'm saying is that, you know, people get to, uh, inflict serious damage against gay kids with no cost. Um, and that's, it's, it's not on the, the, the people inflicting damage to, uh, uh, bring up how much it should cost them. Uh, but Whatever. Um, anyway, let's take a break. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> I think let's they tie t- together, but uh, if you want to cut it, you can cut it. Uh, I will cut whatever <laughs> I want. 
I will an cut unintentional that echoing right there. Um, and uh, I, if you want to watch Orange Is the New Black, you should really watch it. <laughs> you should do it. Uh, let's take a short break, and we'll come back uh, talk about some other leagues. Uh, we're not really going to talk about the Euros like we said we would, um, and have some announcements about the show. So um, we'll be right back with the cross conference cast. And a phone and some new shoes sewn by an eight-year-old I need a tan and a dance and a song And a handsome man to impress my mom I need a break and a pat on the back And a steak and a bath and a yoga class With a frozen dack and an ounce of weed Bitch, what don't I need? I need a pet and a fence of a cage A gym membership and a Mexican maid I need a look and a style and a trend And a large print book with a happy end I need a kiss and a reason A laugh, big tits, bit of cash Bees in the trap and a freaking map To navigate these streets Bitch, what don't I need? And we're back with a cross-conference cast. Hello, this is Joan. And this is her. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the other leagues. You have this down here, the WPSL. You went to a game. I did. Yes, I did go to a game. I think it was a, what WPSL would term a quarterfinal or a regional final, something like that. Um, basically, it's the, the final game in the region before you go on to the final four. Which sounds like a quarterfinal, right? Oh, I guess it's not a quarterfinal because... Anyways. Um, so it was between the ASA Charge and the New England Mutiny. Um, and it was a very last-minute decision to go to this game. It had been storming, like, all week. Um, but the game was down in Maryland, and it was going to be a quick and easy drive. And I was like, okay, what the hell? I'll go. Where in Maryland? <sighs> Never mind. Don't let it derail you. Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was at some high school. It wasn't at the soccerplex. So I went to the game, and I think this is the most exciting game I've ever been to live. It wasn't an amazing game. I went as a as a fan of players on the New England Mutiny side. Um, and they had a rough start to the game. Uh, the charge were very physical, um, and the ref was a ditz. And I don't say this, like, just because he was calling against the mutiny. I say it because his calls needed some work on both sides. And also, well, I'll get to the next part. Um, but this game, okay, it was it was a battle, and it was intense. And, um, and with, like, 10 minutes left to go, 12 minutes left to go in the game, they finally called it for lightning. Um, there had been a lot of lightning throughout the second half. Uh, like a scary amount of lightning that apparently the refs didn't see. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how they didn't see it, uh, but they didn't see it. And then they finally called the game. Twelve minutes left to go, and both sides were pissed. At least it seemed like there was a little bit of an argument between um, the coach of the charge and the goalkeeper for the mutiny. But they took their break, and I'm not sure how the length of the break was determined. Um, because the lightning just continued, <laughs> um, and it was a very, very long break, but they weren't going to not finish, I guess they decided. Um, the refs didn't seem to know what they were doing. Their discussion during the break, um, was that they were glad to have a break because they wanted to be rested enough to run for the final 12 minutes of the game. Um... <laughs> And they, much of the discussion was about how they weren't really clear on the lightning rules. Um, but Well, that's soccer in America. Nobody seems to be super clear on rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was weird. It was, it was a really weird kind of experience. Um, so after like an hour or two's break um, for the lightning, we go back in. We're going to sit down and watch the the rest of the 12 minutes of the game. And at this point, pretty much all the Charge fans had cleared out um, because they can all go home to their nice beds. Um, and the New England fans don't have that luxury. So they figure, you know, we'll stick around and watch the rest of the game. So not that many people saw the end of the game. Um, but, you know, with 12 minutes left on the clock, um, I think the Charge were, the charge were leading. Um, they had a one-point lead, a one-goal lead. Sorry. And um, and they just weren't out there to really score another goal. And the Mutiny were definitely out there to score another goal and kept pushing up. And the intensity was just amazing. 
And with three seconds left to go, Morgan Andrews, you know, who we've mentioned on this, this podcast before, Captain Morgan Andrews, sent in this, this amazing kick, bounced off the goal post, hit Lauren Riley in the face and went in. Three seconds left to go and they tie up the game. This ridiculous game <laughs> has, has kind of gone on forever. Um, and all of a sudden there was just, just an amazing amount of new life thrown into the game. And I think there were there were two periods of uh, 15 minutes extra time, 10 or 15 minutes extra time, and um, no golden goal. Uh, and the Mutiny scored again in the first of those periods, and um, with plenty of time for the Charge to make a comeback. And the Charge just put their heads down, and you could see the complete shift in energy. Like, Mutiny had everything, and the Charge were just kind of deflated. Um, but it was, it was just, it was an, an amazing, incredible second half and, and extra time. Totally made up for the fact I had to sleep in the car on the way home. Um, at a really shady, skeevy rest stop. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Oh my yeah. gosh. No. No, I, well, I woke up, I was just going to lie down for like a 15 minute nap. Um, and I woke up an hour later and was too scared to actually stay in the parking lot and was like, I'm just going to fish driving home. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't get home until three or f- so in the morning. I didn't, I don't think I left until one um, because of this freaking lightning delay and then the extra time. But it was so worth it, like, to actually be at a game in person that is that, is that exciting um, and totally... Ignoring the fact that the charge fans um, were very bitter, um, <laughs> very bitter about this loss. Yeah, I I feel bad because I slam WPSL a lot because they're hard to follow and you know it's hard to get any information on them. But this game was so worth it. I've been <laughs> to some crap games over the years, and I've been to some good games, and this was an excellent game. Really awesome. Yes, I will give those props to WPSL. The mutiny went on, um, and they they lost their their semifinal game against Houston, I think, um, and declined to play in the uh, the consolation game uh, for third place because of injuries. <laughs> they were seriously they were playing with no bench, lots of injuries. Rough season for the mutiny, but that was an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm glad that you. How many people were at the game? Um, I'm not sure, but after the lightning delay, uh, there were definitely like a lot uh, fewer people. Yeah, like maybe a third. It wasn't. It wasn't a lot of people. I mean, it was obviously a lot of local fans. Um, a lot of vocal local fans. Um. But there, there were many fewer after the lightning delay, which I don't know. Maybe that swayed the ref. Um, you know, if you don't have as many people telling you what to do, you don't really know what to do. <laughs> or if you have too many people telling you what to do, you're not sure who to listen to. Mm-hmm. But regardless of the ref, the ref couldn't make enough decisions to actually decide the game. Um, so it was it was all in the hands of the players, and it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who actually won the league. Um, I, sorry, I'm not that invested in WPSL yet. Um, but I do know that W League champions were the Pally Blues, which is awesome because we like the Pally Blues. Yeah. It's a good team. <laughs> um, yeah, good old Pally Blues. I didn't, you know, I will be honest, I did not pay attention to them at all. Um, but, you know, That's they're a- historically. Because I'm in Portland, and I'm paying attention to uh, Newsel. Right. Uh, I'll pay a little bit of attention just because to the, the other uh, leagues, and you can pay attention to so that. So happy with Newsel. <laughs> um, the Euros were completed, and... Uh, that happened. Germany. Mm. <laughs> That's about it. But Norway versus Denmark was a good game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were good games. Uh, oh, well, I guess we could talk about what happened as a result in terms of coaching. Oh, uh, yes. Bruno Beanie. Is that his name, Beanie? French dude. 
Yes. Uh, sacked. No more. No more. Um, which I guess that's good. Considering, I mean, French is amazing, but they did a, they were super French. <laughs> they were the Frenchiest they've ever been in these zeros. Um, and, uh, hopefully they, they, Hopefully the French Football Federation sees all the potential, all the good work that, you know, has been put in thus far and will uh, invest even more. Um, And hopefully England will uh, do what needs to be done because, oh boy. That was a stinker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That one, that was was tough. Hard to watch. When an Evan Oliver team is better than you. You got problems. <laughs> so many problems. That's a deal breaker, ladies. Uh, you know, even if Hope Powell was tremendously, tremendously successful, there, why? There's, it's absurd that she's been coached this long. They can't find anybody else. Like nobody. Absolutely no one. No one. None at all. Um, Maybe England could trade with Spain. Keep an eye on that. <laughs> oh, it's been in there what, like ninety years now. It feels it feels like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> feels like a long time. Uh, anyway, yeah, Euros. Yeah, they were they were fun while they lasted until Germany went to the final, and then we were like, well, they're like, oh, Germany is going to do it again because they're they're a good team and they're so good, right? Germany. Um. Okay, well, wrapping up. Uh, <laughs> so, we, just some news about the show uh, itself. Um, we'll be making some changes to the show. This m- we're we're going to be doing maybe some rebranding, um, changing up the hosts, uh, not, not us as in the host, but, uh, hosting situations, uh, in terms of the data and this audio file. Um, uh, maybe, maybe making some really fun, uh, formatting changes. Stay tuned for those announcements. Um, we also want to talk to supporters groups. So any supporters groups out there listening, you're invited to contact us. We will be contacting you um, because we want to help you because you are great. Supporters group. I love supporters groups. I love them. Um, I don't know much about them, but I'm with Joan. They're the, be- they're the best. We want to talk to you. We want to help you out. We want you to help us talk to you. Um uh, and that's that's you about it. Can we give them our contact info? Yes. <laughs> By contacting us, you can email us at uh, crossconference at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Twitter at crossconference. Uh, I'm also individually Joan of Dark, and Ruth is redshirt underscore RM. Uh, where else can they contact us? Facebook? I don't answer that. I don't look at Facebook too much. Um, we're on Tumblr. We are. And we <laughs> do respond to our Tumblr comments. Yeah, crossconference.tumblr.com. Um, follow us there, uh, etc. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, any comments you want to you wanna send to us, please do. Suggestions on how to make the show better, uh, constructive criticism, etc. Constructive criticism. Any... Any thoughts at all, um, we are welcome to them. And I will try to be better about getting back to people. But, yeah, that's it. Uh, any any final thoughts, Ruth? We should really have an Orange is New Black watch party. No, uh, I don't want to watch it again. No, no, no. When the next season comes out. Oh, next they're season. they're filming it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we could do that. We should definitely do that. Um, women's and soccer. And dissect orange. it from... You know, all the, all the feminist themes that go on. In it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't really have any final thoughts, except maybe read Hawkeye. The comic book, it's great. It's really, really good. It's There's very, only one? Uh, no, the, the Hawkeye uh, the series. The t- first two volumes are out. Bro. Bro. Bro, bro. This looks bad. And uh, 
that, that that's about it. So um, we'll talk to you soon again. Um, making during the college music. season. Ah. During the college. Oh my gosh, it's coming up so soon. Uh, so I will be actually. Actually, let's let's talk about where we'll be. be before we go real quick, I will be at the Seattle game, I think, still, on the 17th. I will be going up. Uh, and I have a ticket. And I don't... It's like probably going to be in the sun. I'm such a wimp. Um, so, Seattle, if you could just make it a little bit cooler. Make it cooler than it is down here because it's like 80s. And I want it to be a little bit cooler when I um, <laughs> when it's in it's an e- evening game. Um, and then after that, the, the week after that, I'll be going to Austin, Texas for a couple weeks. The 24th through the 6th. Um, I have a calendar now. (laughs) Uh, So uh, if anybody is in Texas and uh, wants to drink kombucha, (laughs) let's make it happen. Um, And if anyone wants to hire Ruth, please do that. Yeah, please do that. Um, Although you're going to have to give me the weekend of the 24th, 25th off. Um, Santa Clara will be down at Virginia playing against UNC in Virginia. And since I am not that much of a glutton for punishment, I'm not going to try to drive through Maryland on a Friday, but I, yeah, <laughs> I am just absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to see Santa Clara play, um, on that Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Um, if you would like to, to, um, hit me up when I am just like totally psyched out about um, my team my team Um, yeah you probably don't want to do that but I'll be there (laughs) alright well I think that's all the news that we have that was a good seven minutes of closing (laughs) (laughs) which is longer than our orange is the new black talk alright you offset it offset the gay (laughs) Great job. Um, I'll talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye.